Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just doing. Runner going off first. Rivera throws down. They get Oinch. Caught in the rundown. Goldie down the line. And the throwback. Oinch still in the rundown. Here comes Goldie to play. Bad throw. He scores. from first. Pitch is taken high. McCann throws down towards second. Here comes Blanco. He's going to score. And welcome to another edition of the Double Steel Show. Been off for a couple weeks, but we are back and just in time for what, if you're in a head-to-head categories league or if you're in any kind of head-to-head league, I'm sure your playoffs have begun this week or have already begun. And uh, for the Roto Leagues, you're winding down. You probably have a pretty good feel as to where you're going to end up. But there's always work to be done. So uh, let's get right into it with the news and notes. Um, first off, uh, Yankees prospect uh, Jason Dominguez. I guess he's not really a prospect. A Yankees outfielder. Uh, Jason Dominguez suffered a torn right ulnar collateral ligament. His season is done, of course. His timeline for return, kind of up in the air. Uh, Aaron Boone was quoted as saying, you know, nine to ten months. However, we've seen quite a spectrum of comebacks from this injury. Uh, you know, Bryce Harper, of course, on the very, um, we'll say freakish end of that, coming back after only five months. Shohei Otani coming back after seven months. You have to imagine that the Yankees are going to be a little bit careful with Dominguez. Uh, he is, after all, one of their, if not their top prospect um, somebody they're very high on seems to, you know, seems to have made some ex- some really nice uh, developmental uh, strides this season. Uh, but you know, the, there's still work to do in his profile. You know, the, he's got to work on the strikeouts. Um, you love seeing him hit the ball hard in the air. You wonder how sustainable that is at the major league level, given his age. There's a uh, there's certainly work to be done across the board there. So, but that's not to say that he's not an exciting prospect. In terms of what you should be, or you know, what folks should probably be thinking about if they're in a uh, keeper or dynasty league. If you're in a dynasty league, I think that Dominguez has the type of uh, profile, the type of uh, prospect pedigree that's worth hanging on to. So. 
I think that's a fairly easy decision, really. I mean, obviously, you know, your league may have different considerations for the player pool and roster size. However, if you have that level of flexibility to uh, hold on to a prospect or a player basically writing off a year, then I I would say you should do that. Uh, He's worth keeping. However, if you're in a keeper league that maybe has a little more um, constraints with the roster, maybe not a dynasty league, but somebody that, you know, so a, a if he's going to cost you like a, you know, like a draft pick of some significance or some sort of keeper salary, I don't think, I don't recommend it, recommend hanging on to him at that point. I'd say it's worth it to probably release him back to the player pool. Um, you know, the Yankees, a lot of this could hinge on how competitive the Yankees actually are um, and what their plan is going forward. For me, anyone in pinstripes is right now in a holding pattern because and we've ta- I've talked about this on the past and past shows. When you talk about the level of scrutiny that the Yankees are under from the top down, from Cashman down, you're talking about some pretty significant possible anyway, sig- possible significant modifications to uh, or to philosophy player development, paths forward for a lot of players, and roster construction. So if you the long and short of it is with Dominguez from a keeper, obviously from a redraft perspective, you know, he's done for the year. Um, from a keeper or dynasty standpoint, I would say obviously sell and redraft or drop and redraft. You might hold in keeper. Uh, again, it depends a lot on your league. I would say I'm like 80% drop in keeper, but there's probably some fringy cases where you could justify keeping him. And then I would say in dynasty, uh, I I think it's a kind of the inverse. I'd say 20% of the time, if your roster is really pinched, maybe he's a guy you drop, but I, I, again, I doubt it. Uh, most of the time you're going to be holding on to him. So, uh, highly. So anyway, it depends a lot on your league there. Uh, in Chicago, another prospect getting called, uh, get another, excuse me, a prospect going the other direction. Uh, Pete Crow Armstrong gets the call, uh, for the Cubbies as they bear down on a postseason spot. You know, in terms of how much a 21 year old glove first prospect is going to play when you, you know, the Cubs already have a pretty decent lineup depending on, you know, you can squint and see a good lineup there. Um, and they're in the thick of a playoff race. It's really hard to tell. You kind of already have Cody Bellinger, who's a good glove for, glove outfielder. Um, you know, the, it's hard because there's uh, there's not an obvious fit on the roster, and on top of that, you've got a tw- he posted a twenty nine percent K rate. Uh, you know, this year in AAA, it, you don't love that, especially going to the majors. He's really found his power stroke in, as compared to what his initial outlook was going to be. So that's good. But again, if you're if you're if you don't already have Pete Crow Armstrong and you're in a playoff position, I don't know how much contribution you're actually going to get from him. It's it's really hard to say. Um, it, but I will say if you have the flexibility. Um, you know, he's going to get some reps. He's going to get some playing time, again, by virtue of having a plus glove. Um, 
you know, he's 46% rostered in fan tracks leagues as of the time of this recording. I think, yeah, 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 I think there's some merit to picking him up if you have the roster flexibility. Probably in the same way that early on, um, you know, I talked about uh, Estroy Ruiz. There, he'll he'll give you stolen bases if you have the flexibility to move him in and out of the lineup. Uh, then sure, but if you're in like a weekly league or something like that, um, he's not someone I would occupy a roster spot with. But if you're in a daily league where maybe you can play matchups, you maybe you have somebody that's struggling a little bit. Um, those of us who have still held on to Giancarlo Stanton and you know he's in a cold streak, maybe it's somebody you could swap out there and hope for some contribution. Uh, so yeah, kind of on the fence there, but. There's if you have the roster flexibility, I mean, you know, it's worth taking a flyer on uh, at this time of year. Kyle Wright uh, traveled with the uh, traveled with the Atlanta Braves to Philadelphia, uh, according to and according to Mark Bowman of MLB.com, he is expected to pitch in the evening end of the doubleheader today on Monday. His most recent rehab start only included 50 pitches, so this may be more of a kind of get out, get some reps. I would say, you know, a wait-and-see type of attitude could be taken with Kyle Wright. He's 86% rostered, so if he is available, and again, if you have the extra roster spot, go ahead, take a flyer, uh, but maybe maybe not put him in the lineup today. Maybe it's something where you can bench him. Um, If you're in a weekly league, it's a little bit more high risk, but because Philly's a good defense, Philly's a good offense, um, but again, it's hard to bet against an Atlanta pitcher when they have that lineup. Uh, and you know, if you're running out that lineup and Kyle Wright comes out and it's three nothing by the third inning, not unreasonable. To think you could run him out there for the fourth, probably not the fifth. But if he were to get, if you know, if he's efficient and he gets that far, you could end up with a nice surprise two start week there. Uh, from Kyle Wright. So uh, he's someone that would you drop someone, uh, you know, would you drop a struggling pitcher for him? Probably not. But like if Kyle Wright was available in my league and I'm sort of a little bit frustrated with someone like, uh, let's see, someone like Jack Flaherty or uh, someone like a... Yeah, I would say some somewhere in that range. It's again, you're you're in the if you're in the playoff position, you're playing with precious time. So there's there's different moves you can make that maybe and and the Heinz and the on the whole doesn't you know track, but at the same time, someone like Kyle Wright could slide into a struggling pitcher you would otherwise wait it out with. So. So anyway, Kyle Wright, if you're in that 14% of leagues that he's currently not rostered, I'd recommend it if you're in a playoff position. He can only hurt you or help. He can only hurt you so much because if he doesn't do well, he's not going to pitch that many innings. But if he does help you, he's got more potential to help you than someone that's kind of been off a little while, someone like, for example, Jack Flaherty or something like that. The old double steal. So for the main section today, kind of wanted to take a look at some overall team statistics and a look at how that can factor in to the playoff race in real 
actual MLB as opposed in and how those parallels can affect your fantasy playoffs, for example. I know that, for example, this is something that I'm looking into right now with my own fantasy baseball uh, playoff run in my main league, head-to-head categories, daily league. So these sorts of bits of context make a big difference and can make a big difference in the fact that you may be parading out a solid roster, but when it comes to playoff time, that solid roster needs to, uh, you know, there's always down weeks, and the last thing you want to have is a down week in the playoffs. So you can't always prevent them, but at least having some, at least having uh, some bits of actual context to help um, to help guide your decision making can at least help you set your lineup in a way, like we talked about with Kyle Wright, for example in the news and notes, you know, setting your lineup with Kyle Wright over someone, uh, another struggling pitcher on the, in the middle of the season may not always make, you know, that type of situation may not always make sense, but in the playoffs, it's about containing losses and, you know, accentuating victories, but even more so about containing losses. So, this can be affected by a te- an actual team's performance through the year. So, for example, this is the time of year now where we're in the thick of the playoff race. Teams on the bubble, Arizona, Chicago, um, you know, other teams like that, are going to be putting out their best roster every single day because they need all the help they can get to get to the playoffs. If you are Toronto, Seattle, Texas, you know, they're all teams that are not necessarily going to yield a lot of playing time to, um, you know, to prospects or developmental uh, players that need that extra development. So, but if you're a team like, say, the Braves, uh, I would expect Ronald Acuna to be sitting, Matt Olson to be sitting. Uh, Ozzy Albies to be sitting. You know, these are players that uh, you don't normally see sitting, but at the same time, we're gearing up for a playoff race in the postseason, and your playoff race has already started. So missing those at-bats can play a critical role. So, you know, going kind of division by division, maybe taking in some extra context here, um, I'm looking at someone at the AL East, um, you know, the Baltimore Orioles. This season, the Orioles rank among starting pitchers, the Orioles ranked 10th in the league for innings pitched by starters. So, you know, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. I think that the t- like some of the, a lot of the teams ahead of them, Houston, Seattle, Toronto, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Texas, Chicago, those are teams that are in the thick of playoff races. Baltimore is not in that. They're in a pretty comfortable position atop the AL East. I would say that if you hold a lot of shares of Kyle Bradish, uh, Jack Flaherty, uh, pitchers like that, you can look to uh, you can look for those pitchers to maybe not have as much leash, maybe even skip a start here and there. I think that you're going to see a lot of situations like that. And if you have, uh, you know, shares of, you know, uh, Yarner Cano, maybe that the whole idea is to space out the workload as we roll into the postseason. 
Because again, when you talk about postseason workloads on pitchers in particular, you're talking about a lot of um, additional innings the deeper you go into the postseason. So if you, you know, you take a 200 inning season, for example, and you look at those players that uh, that pitch, you know, for example, Kyle Gibson is only at 168, Kyle Bradish at 145. You know, they do have it pretty well spaced out. But at the same time, you're also talking about what it seems like they have it spaced out rather. But you're adding the the idea is that they could be adding another, you know, 20, 30 innings. And that's going to add a huge amount to their workload. I could see the Orioles maybe taking the time to to rest their players as they enter closer to that um, closer to that part of the uh, of the season. So I like the Orioles to sit some players here and there. If you have weekly lineups, maybe you take a closer look at Jack Flaherty's um, workload. In particular, here's that's a guy who you know switched leagues, hasn't hasn't really quite been you know we I think we were all hoping for the um, you know the initial returns on the fastball fastball velocity were great, we were kind of hoping for a little bit more. It's kind of you know edged out a little bit there, so or regressed rather. So uh, keep an eye on that workload there. Um, you know some other teams to take a look at there. Uh, Minnesota, I, as they sort of they've really distanced themselves from Cleveland in the AL Central. So the playoffs actually become a much more you know they're in oddly enough even though they're seventy five and sixty eight, they're actually in more comfortable playoff position than most teams, and that should surprise or alarm a lot of you. So, uh, you know. Someone like Carlos Correa, there's a guy that could probably end up taking a few a few days off here and there. They if they're twins, when the twins go to the postseason, they need a healthy Carlos Correa, and the very last thing they want to do is have him re-aggravate an injury in the late September you know time window. So if you have a bench. A shortstop of some merit. If you are lucky enough to be holding on to Ha Sung Kim, or you're holding on to someone of that sort of variety, if you if you know in some leagues Trevor Story, if he's been kind of sitting on your uh, IL for a while and you know you haven't dropped him, well, you know he hasn't been performing all that great lately, but he's somebody that could slide in for some extra at bats because you do you are talking about San Diego, which you know, Kim's multi-positional availability will help him there, but Boston still on the cusp of the playoff picture. Um, I could, you know, he's in story missing most of the year. He's going to get as many at bats as he can. So, you know, when you take a look at the Twins, I think ultimately uh, that's a team that, from a from the from the Carlos specifically with Carlos Correa, I could see a lot of rest for him coming up. However, if you go to the AL West, three teams, Houston, Seattle, Texas, all out every day. Um, Seattle losing three in a row. They've been struggling their last 10 games. Houston rising to the occasion. 
um, going six and four. I think if you have any players on those teams, on those three teams in particular, or you have free agent, if there is a, the ability to stream pitchers of some, any sort of decent breadth from those rosters, I highly recommend it. Um, I don't see anyone getting any rest from any of those teams anytime soon. If you're, you know, if you go to the National League, um, you know, you you could take a look at so at teams like Milwaukee, Chicago, Cincinnati. Those that's an airtight race. I don't think Cincinnati is uh, quite going to be able to keep up here, but I do think that. You know, and we talked about, say, Pete Crow Armstrong. That's someone that, while I don't see his profile necessarily getting a lot of playing time, if you have anyone, any one of those starters, if they're available on your waiver wire, they're worth taking a look at. These are teams, Milwaukee and Chicago. Their only way into the playoffs, likely, is going to be through winning their division. You know, as it stands, when you look at the yeah, I mean, Chicago might have might have a wild card race. They're not holding on to it by a whole lot. They do have Arizona right behind them, Miami right behind them. You go down to San Francisco and Cincinnati. All three of those teams hold are, are within striking distance of the uh, of grabbing that playoff spot from Chicago. So it's going to be pedal to the metal in Chicago as well. I really like, um, you know, players like players like Dansby Swanson, you know, you're, you're typical, you're already owned. A lot of the, those players are already, you know, sort of, they're on your roster somewhere, but someone like Pete Crow Armstrong, who just gets the call up, he may not have uh, the bat, uh, it's profile like again if it's in the normal you know thick of the season you know maybe he's a good pickup for like a like a struggling team but even knowing that like is he going to take at bats from Patrick Wisdom is he going to take at bats from Christopher Morrell and then you know you Cody Bellinger is also someone that plays a plus center field it's hard to see him getting those sorts of at-bats. Kind of speaking to what I said earlier, I I think you can see the Cubs pushing out their best lineup possible, which is not going to leave a lot of room for for players like, um, you know, Mastroboni, uh, Canario, and even um, Alexander Canario, and Pete Crow Armstrong. So... You know, the young players probably not going to get a whole lot of looks here. However, that being said, if you go down to um, player, you go down to the um, Pirates in the NL Central, I like the Pirates to continue, you know, I like the Pirates to continue to give innings to young pitchers. Not one of those pitchers is in their starting rotation between Keller, Falter, Oviedo, Ortiz, or Jackson. None of them are over 27 years old. Keller's the only one with more than uh, than one. I mean, you know, Falter and Oviedo have like 1.03 or 1.07, but 
the only one with any significant um, playing time. They're not in the playoff race. If you have spots, these in any of those pitchers, most most notably someone like uh, Oviedo or Ortiz, if they are available in your league, highly recommend give them a spot and see if that's something where as they go down the schedule, um, as they as they go down the schedule, and you know, for example, they play. Uh, the Nationals, the Pirates open a series against the Nationals today. You have to assume that player, those sorts of players are going to get longer leash. This is the time of year, okay, we get it, we're out of it. They're going to get longer looks, longer leashes. So uh, that's a, th- those are players, I think, that could be worth taking a shot at if you're in a daily or weekly league and you're in a playoff, if you're in a daily league and you're in a playoff hunt, those are the types of teams that I'm looking up and down their rotation, looking up and down their roster, look at the game logs, see if you can find value in these sorts of borderline uh, borderline pitchers. And, you know, this rule doesn't just apply to pitchers. Uh, what I'm noticing a lot of is when you go up and down lineups, when you go up and down the divisions, just like we did with pitchers, you know, they're managing workload. There's a certain type of player that may not is probably not going to get that same sort of break on the position player side. I'm talking about as players sort out their postseason roster. If you're a team like Atlanta, um, believe it or not. And I still don't quite get why Orlando Arcia is only 69% rostered in uh, in leagues. Um, you're looking at Eddie Rosario. Eddie Rosario, I kind of understand. He's 66% rostered uh, because there is a little bit more of a traffic jam in the outfield in the Atlanta lineup. But I'll tell you this. If Orlando Arcia is available in the 31% of leagues that in, and fan tracks, that he is an absolute like must-pick-up. He's 773 OPS um, over the over the season. He's not going to you know wow you with with power necessarily. 443 slugging percentage. He really hasn't hit a home run since September 2nd. But for the second base shortstop position, I mean that pool is already pretty dried up. So to add someone that on these days off when they're resting, guys like. Uh, Austin Riley, Matt Olson, Ronald Acuna. You could look at someone like Arcia to move up the lineup. Same with like Michael Harris, although Michael Harris is pretty pretty highly rostered. You could look at Orlando Arcia, Eddie Rosario. Don't be surprised to see them near the top third of that lineup. And the funny part is like that doesn't make the lineup any less potent. So those if those players are available, absolutely scoop them up. Um, you know, depending on what your needs are, if you can take the hit in OBP, Jake Berger is seem, is, seems like somebody that is going to get a lot of playing time. He's 70% rostered um, as the Marlins push forward. Again, context around uh, a player's context around a player's team in actual life can play into a lot of the decisions that are made. Um, you know, from a fantasy perspective, if you're looking at, you know, the catcher position, 
you know, Kybert Ruiz is somebody I would take a look at. Um, if you are in dire need of some of something at third base, the Pirates seem are, are still running out. Uh, Cabrian Hayes, he's actually on a pretty significant hit streak. Uh, I'm counting seven game hit streak now, and you're not gonna get. You're not going to get a lot from him. You know, it's a lot of one for three, one for five, one for four. Um, you know, you have one home one home run, excuse me, uh, two home runs and a triple in that span. But, you know, a couple doubles, it's really, he's striking out a lot. So the more I look at the page, the less, the less attractive Brian Hayes looks, but at the same time, Hey, look, it's playoff time. Again, the the playoff player pool is a lot of plugging up short-term holes. And that means that players like Ahmed Rosario, uh, even players like Estuary Ruiz, who we talked about earlier, if you need a steal here and there, if your lineup is, if you're going up against a team in a daily league, that has uh, a couple of burners on it, you know, he's going to be as good as anyone to pick up stolen bases. He gets them in bunches, so he hasn't had a stolen base since uh, September 8th, which, it, for you know, again, for a guy with 58 steals on the year, that's still kind of a long time. Uh, you, so you're looking at, he's 89% rostered, so he's probably not as available as you'd like. Honestly, these are the types of players. So I just fired off a bunch of players there that I think could help you as we get closer to the playoffs. Because again, either they have the benefit of moving up in the lineup, like Arcia or uh, Rosario, or maybe they have, um, you know, their their team is in it, so they're going to be a player that is just hot at the moment, or complements their lineup. Jake Berger, a power hitter in the Marlins lineup absolutely necessary uh, as they as they wind down so you know from a player posi- player uh, position player perspective I think that if you can find ways to uh, accentuate categories and take advantage of a team's uh, contextual situation I think you'll ultimately find that you can get some value uh, more so than you will on the pitching side. Because the pitching side this time of year is a lot of mix and match. It's a lot of, you know, volatility, resting this guy, pushing this guy. Um, so, you know, with the your pitching staff is probably going to be reduced to mostly what you have in a streamer here or there. But from a position player perspective, those are a couple players to look out for. Again, that's Orlando Arcia. Eddie Rosario, Jake Berger, you could, if you wanted to, uh, you know, dip into, say, like, Lourdes Gurriel, if you're looking for some help at first base, I would take him over Carlos Santana, personally, although the the stats look, you know, somewhat familiar, although, yeah, now that I'm looking at it, uh, I lost my place on the page, that's always great when you're recording, um, yeah, I mean, the Lourdes Gurriel is going to be a much better selection there uh, over someone like Carlos Santana or, you know, Andrew Vaughn. Yeah, I mean, I would take I would take him over Andrew Vaughn 
Joey Manessis, uh, same thing. I think it's uh, depending on the structure of your league, it's it's the time of year if you're in the playoff hunt to find a category that in addition of a of an otherwise not super usable player could do could could accentuate or fill a temporary need from a lineup perspective and that means that yeah Cabrian Hayes suddenly might have some utility um, if your third base situation is in a struggle situation if your shortstop situation if you have again if Carlos Correa is your primary shortstop and you don't have a lot of backup for that, then Orlando Arcia is a must roster. Uh, he's going to play a lot. He's going to be a nice compliment piece to Correa as they rest him down the stretch. So those are a few things to look at. The strategy overall is look at the categories that you will, that you are winning with some certainty and the ones that are going to be game time decisions and use that, Use the player pool to accentuate those categories with a heavy emphasis. And I mean a heavy emphasis on position players, not on pitchers. Pitchers, it's going to be too volatile. So control, control you can't control any of it. But if you have the option, highly recommend you take, take a look at your position player pool and use that as the strategy going forward. So this has been uh, the Double Steel Show. Again, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Adam C-Mac. And uh, we will be back hopefully next week. And uh, yep, and, hope, and uh, hopefully your uh, playoff weeks go well. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.